Welcome to the Courageous Leader Podcast. I'm Tom Richard. And I'm Joanna Lee. This podcast raises awareness about the importance of courage in the workplace and elsewhere and the need to cultivate courage within ourselves and others. This podcast is part one of our conversation with Brian Wall, a principal with Boswick Design Partnership based in Cleveland. Now on to the podcast. Welcome to the Courageous Leader Podcast. Uh, we discuss the need for courage on our work and relationships. Uh, central to effective collaboration is the courage to re relate authentically and openly with our strengths and, and also our requests. My name is Tom Richard. And I am Joanna Lee. And our guest today is Brian Wall, an architect, principal at Boswick Design Partnership. And Brian lives in the Cleveland area. Welcome, Brian. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Great. We're, yeah. we're glad that you're here. Could you just give us a little background uh, information, really uh, let the listeners know, you know, why'd you become an architect and why'd you choose that for your career? Well, uh, you know, you, you, you would think it would be this, this, big, uh, this big idea, but when I was nine years old, I went up to my dad and I told him that I wanted to be an architect. Uh, I think it was because I was uh, excited about seeing those people on TV draw and seeing those people people on TV making um, making these buildings, and it, it, I just got excited. So uh, at nine years old, I told my dad I would I would be an architect, and here I am today. So when you're nine years old, what kind of TV are you watching that you the are? Brady uh, Bunch. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. I'm trying to think, where did I see people doing architectural design work on TV that I was watching at nine? Yeah. How, how many people are architects because of the Brady Bunch? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a lot. <laughs> Great. Good. Well, Brian is really um, focused on creating project cultures uh, and successful cultures on, on the projects on which he works. And... Uh, so, Brian, when we say successful culture, what makes for a good project culture, uh, and, and how would you describe that? You know, Tom, when I was thinking about what I would say uh, during our time together today, I thought a lot about, I reflected a lot about uh, the culture and uh, what I try to create on project, and it's really around three things for me. A transparency of information, uh, communication, and a promise. Uh, you know, transparency and communication might sound cliche, and everybody's using those terms today, but to, to foster true transparency and true collaboration, you need a promise. You need a promise from those individuals to um, do what they say they're going to do. I'm going to share my information with you. I'm going to share and I'm going to communicate with you very openly and transparently. And it's, it's really super critical in order to make your project successful to foster a, an environment and a culture that allows for the transparency of communication and for you to make reliable promises to the people that are around you. It's critical to the success. I can think of many examples of when I'm sitting in a meeting and somebody tells me, hey, I'm going to get you something uh, by Friday, and then it doesn't show up. 
it's a problem when it, when it comes to, to the culture I try to create and they don't deliver on their promises. So it's really about those three things for me. Yeah, we like to um, use the term active commitment a lot when we're working with others. And you probably have heard us even say that um, when we've worked with your team. And, um, and so there always has to be something along with that promise. It's not just, uh, you know, these empty words. And we have a tendency because of the way that we communicate mm-hmm. normally we aren't putting into practice that transparency. And so our words mean very little half the time because what do we do? We see these other people that we work with and they're like, Hey, how are you doing? Oh, good. Everything's good. And we, we go, we go very little beyond that. And so I think when we have these interactions or we do need to make these promises because we haven't been practicing that transparency in the first place, you know, we have a hard time with really having those active commitments and making those promises. And so how do you, how do you go about um, encouraging people to, to make those promises and really follow through with what they're saying? Well, the only, the only way that I can think of is, and this is a personal thing for me, which is um, actually doing what you say you're going to do and do it. I mean, it's not, again, it sounds so simple, but if you don't do what you say you're going to do, then the trust that you uh, have established, the culture you try to make is eroded in, in 30 seconds. You know, trust and, and respect, you can lose it in a second, but it takes you a very long time to gain. So by doing the things that you're going to say you do, you uh, by delivering on you know those those commitments that you make, Joanna, that you mentioned. That's how you create that culture by saying what you're going to do and then doing it. It's it's really that simple. It, it it's simple, but stuff gets in the way, right? Because uh, oh yes, you, you know it does sound very simple. But what are the things that you're seeing get in the way on some of your projects? It's funny. Again, I was I was thinking about this and preparing for our conversation. It's the same three things that get in the way: transparency, communication, and, and making. <laughs> uh, sounds funny, but if you're not willing to deliver on what you say, forget transparency and communication. It's going to go out the window mm-hmm. um, because you you're you're losing the trust of those of those folks that are around you. Um, a lot of times, what else what else gets in the way? There are people around you that. Uh, don't understand the importance of the transparency and trust and respect and and what they say and their behaviors getting your way from doing your best work. Um, and I would say the other thing that gets in the way a lot of times is um, our industry is known for, um, has a very long history of projects that aren't delivered in the, in the, in the best ways on time, on schedule, the way the owner wants them. And it is, it is such an ingrained mindset into the people that work in this industry that it's okay if I miss a schedule. It's okay if I'm over budget. It's, it's so deep. It's hard, to get a, it's hard to get their minds to change. And that's probably one of the biggest things that get in the way is changing the minds of those that have been doing this for 20, 30 years. Yeah, well, that seems to be across the industry. I mean, just that whole 
what has been a tradition. And, right. you know, you have a lot that hasn't changed, a lot that has, but, um, you know, technology has changed and there's been certain shifts, but you still mm-hmm. have people who have been in it for so long who it's worked. This is how it's worked for us for this long. And, um, you know, so that's a big challenge to shift Mm -hmm. expectation Mm -hmm. in anything. I mean, if you have, you know, I could think just relationally in families, if you were raised in a family where everybody argues Mm -hmm. and yells at each other and slams cabinets and, you know, slams doors and, and all of that. And then you enter into a relationship and you think that's just how things are supposed to go. And then that's not how this person that you want to be with relates and that is not what they were raised to do and so you have to come together and figure out what works and obviously one doesn't really work as well (laughs) it's not as healthy it doesn't promote the trust it doesn't promote the transparency and so you know i know my parents had to deal with that you know like one came from a family where that was the deal and one was like yeah we're not going to do this so you know it takes that part of being a courageous leader is stepping into what you need to do in the time where it's the most difficult and yep. when others aren't going to follow along. And so for you, I'm sure you've had to model this yes. and show and, and have it you know, be carried out to where people have that aha moment and they have to go through that journey you know, with you and you have to you know, go, okay, yeah, this actually works better when we do it like this and it is possible to have projects come in on time on budget and for you you've experienced um even you know more positive results in in a in a very healthy uh culture yes so so what has worked for you or do you have something else to add to that yes i have a a couple things i you know growing up again you asked me what made me be an architect um, Tom at the beginning of this and growing up as, as a kid, my dad was one of those, he, my dad was a banker. I mean, he was, he was in the financial industry. I, I, I knew nothing about what he did other than him dressing me up in pinstripe suits because he was a banker. <laughs> That's why I don't wear suits anymore. Anyway. Um, yeah, but you're uh, still one of the sharpest dressed guys. Anytime we get, <laughs> go anywhere where you are, you are always tip top. Yeah. So, um, my dad and I never talked to each other. We never communicated in, in a very open way. So, you know, you say bringing your baggage to the, to the project, Joanna, I, I bring a lot of, well, I'm just supposed to sit and wait until, you know, I'm called upon to talk and each individual person, uh, brings that all their own viewpoints into how teamwork should should happen. So, what my long story short, what I'm trying to get at is, we work on projects where architects and and contractors we all get together and we have our we have our craft. I'm an architect. I design buildings. That my my construction manager friends build the buildings that I that I draw. Um, but we've never. Said, sat down and said, hey, we should probably work on how we work together, right? We never sat down and said, hey, we need a coach to help us work together. So a lot of times we're bringing people on project teams, and this is what I think helps make projects successful amongst different 
people because in the end it's all about the people right the building my drawings it's an artifact of what we do so bringing people together and having someone help us talk in a way that we can work better as a group would have never crossed my mind in in the world of uh, architecture but now that we've we've done it and we know the importance of it that's what i would recommend to other other teams is Take time out of the project to talk about how the team is working, not just about the project itself. Yeah. And I know one of the biggest aha moments along with that and, um, you know, with your team um, on one of the projects was um, we should have done this sooner. Yeah. We should do this every time. Yeah. And we should do this often. Yeah. And, you know, and we hear that over and over and it's like, you have the pushback because we've never done this before. Why do we need to do, you know, focus on the people side first? Why do we need to connect and be, you know, sit around and, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, working with us, you're going to have Lego, Lego bricks in front of you the whole time. How is that going to be effective? And how's that going to push our project forward and our goals and, you know, meet all of our, you know, our deadlines and everything. And, um, and so it's really cool when you get that and, and you have not only in the moment, you have people who are able to say, man, I really find working with you even more interesting. Or I, now I know, Oh, this is why you do things the way you do it. And, you know, we're able to talk on a different level. And, um, and so like, what have you, what have you seen when you do find that, um, you know, you've had success in, you know, with on projects of, you know, where you've had mm-hmm. this higher communication, mm-hmm. this transparency, what, um, what have you seen be, you know, come out of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that um, there's a lot of research out there. I've, I've read a lot of books and, you know, we know that trusting teams are teams that are successful. Um, you brought up the the Legos that you that you and the Lego blocks. Um, the first time I used that um, methodology of how to you know interact with individuals was actually with a contractor, and I learned a ton about that person. And when I learned about that person and I understand what they how they saw the world, it made me relate better to them so that I could help them establish their um, I don't know, established the way they want to look at the world. And they looked at me as well. They learned a lot about me. Um, so I would, I would say that the more you can learn about the person around you, the better. I mean, some of the projects I work on this most recent project I've been working on, it's three years, it's three years long. I mean, I see the same people day and probably and my project sites over three years that I that I do anybody else. So it's it, they kind of be to know them and, and build those relationships. So that's yeah. interesting because while you're both talking, and I'm, I'm wondering too, in, in those, uh, those those exercises that we do with the the mm-hmm. Lego series play, are you also learning about yourself? Because it strikes me maybe where the trust starts is and where it breaks down first is trusting ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and having, yeah, com- having confidence. Really good at this. 
you're always so good at this. Yes. Um, you know, I learning about yourself again, when I told you guys that, you know, as a kid, I never talked. So I, it took me a long time to understand my, how to get even to my voice in conversations and, and look at, we're here at a podcast. All we're doing is talking. Um, <laughs> I, I did learn a lot and I was able to create uh, a different me in a way that um, met that challenge head on to open up the environment, to help people collaborate better, to help people open up. Because uh, again, having, having those people are the only way you're going to get the job done. It doesn't build itself. It doesn't draw itself. Not yet anyway, with AI coming, it doesn't do that just yet. It's coming, but not yet. So it's, it's super critical to make sure that the, that the people can work well together than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that trust in yourself, I think, uh, I mean, that does go back to this theme of courage because it's, yeah. you, you have to have that courage to say, I'm confident that what I have to say to others has value, what I'm doing has value. Um, and I'm going to be very clear about it too. So I'm also, I, I, I'm comfortable and trust myself enough that, when I hear someone push back or suggest that something might be a little bit better than what I'm I'm working on, I'll listen to that and I'll yeah. I can uh, I, I can take that into account. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to not trust ourselves and therefore, in a sense, go with the flow, right, and do what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Or what's often, and you, I'm sure both of you see this a lot, be vague about what I'm going to do. Right? Oh. Uh, it happens a lot. Yes. Uh, but thinking about, you know, what you said about, um, you know, go with the flow. When you're a leader, you are the flow. You are create, helping create the flow, right? You have to be able to create environments where people are um, comfortable giving, giving their, their selves to the conversation, giving their words, giving their ideas. I mean, that's, that's what's, that's what's important in the, um, in the culture uh, of project teams to make it successful. Right. And, uh, yeah, that, and, and I, I think, I think really giving with the clarity too. And, um, yeah. cause that's, I, I mean, you've probably been on projects where, um, a lot of the projects and a lot of the work that, uh, we do is, uh, we use these practices, um, called lean and the last planner system. And we put down our work commitments and we put down the tasks. And it, it's really, uh, it's, it's almost embarrassing when people sit down and they look at the list of the tasks and the commitments and it's like, well, what did I mean by that? I'm not sure exactly. Um, and when it's so vague, the person who authored it doesn't even know what that commitment is. Uh, that That's a challenge. And I think that that comes from a fear of, I, I don't want to be clear about what I'm going to do because I'm not even absolutely sure about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I think a lot about my profession as, as an architect and I'm an architect, so I can say, I can say just about anything I want to about architects because I know how, how they work. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty interesting to me that when you ask architects to write down what their steps are in a process or what they're going to do or, or how their how their work impacts others, they can't. And the reason why they can is because they've never written it down before. They've never sat down and said, well, I need to do X, Y, and Z 
in order for the next person to do X, Y, and Z. Or they've never sat down and said, well, I, I need this decision by, you know, this time so I can keep the rest of the team going on everything else. So I think there's a, a you know, I go back to the transparency that I talked about before. Architects don't openly share how they get through their process. And for owners, I think it's important for us to share because they need to understand why they need to make decisions for us so that we can keep the process going. A lot of times owners don't understand what decisions they need and why. So I think it's architects' jobs to really gain their understanding into our process so that we can move the move the project forward. 